Hello and welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with Jason Shear. And we are recapping the very wild game that just happened tonight. Arizona uh, beat Washington 70 to 67. Was it tonight or last night, technically? Technically, it was yesterday because we're recording at 12.32 a.m. the day after. It is Friday now, but to us, it just feels like minutes. Seconds. Tommy Seconds. Lloyd said that he was impressed by the crowd showing up as well as they did on a Tuesday night. Nope, and Thursday said, night. Nope, it's Thursday. Oh, he and, said Tuesday? Yeah. And oh. <laughs> we said, oh, oh. Oh, he has the same problem I have. I don't know what day it is anymore. Yeah, he had no idea. Nice. Um, well, uh, that was maybe not exactly what you predicted to happen, but Arizona did win. Not a blowout, though. Washington put up quite a fight. Yeah, it was not what I expected at all. I thought that it would be, I picked Arizona to win by 25. And before the game, I tweeted 25 was probably too much, but I was feeling feisty. But I definitely didn't see a three-point down-to-the-wire type of game. Um, You know, you just you take a look at it, and it was just one of those games where Arizona offensively did not have it. And it wasn't necessarily that the looks weren't good, because like Azulis missed looks, he would never miss, like little floaters, and he finished 7 of 18 from the field. Um, you know, guys were just not making shots, and they were there. And the biggest thing is, you know, on, you know, coaches often say uh, defense travels. Offense doesn't always travel, but if you're a good defensive team, that travels. And really the difference on Thursday night was Arizona's defense. The offense was not there, but it held the Huskies to 25 points in the second half, and when you do that, you're going to win most basketball games. And so you want to be able to win a game in which your offense is just not there. And Arizona's offense wasn't there. Guys were off all over. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, Washington, you know, I'd have to go back and watch it. You can give credit to the zone. Um, you know, in the first half, they, they shot well. In the second half, they, they clearly didn't. But, you know, first half, I believe, off the top of my head, no, I'm just kidding. But in the first half, they were 50% from the field and 6 of 13 from 3. Um, you know, and, and it was just one of those situations where they were hot from three and Arizona just couldn't hit anything and they would make runs. And the biggest thing to me is the same thing I, I always say in college sports, basketball and football, whatever, you have to put teams away. You have to go for the kill and Arizona didn't play well in the first half, but then came back and it was a one point game at halftime. Well, Arizona didn't score for whatever stupid amount of minutes in the second half. And it was still a two possession game. Like, you have to put teams away, and Arizona's too good, and Washington let them hang around for too long, and eventually Arizona went on a big enough run to uh, to win the game. Well, Kylan Boswell uh, had his best game of the season tonight. Describe what you saw. Yep, so it was kind of funny. Tommy Lloyd this whole time before the season had told us that, like, he's not going to start judging Kylan Boswell till January, and then Boswell has – his, the game tonight, first game in January, and plays his best game of his young career. And Tommy Lloyd gave himself the nickname Nostra Thomas. <laughs> and um, even the SIDs were basically like heckling him, but it was funny. He was he was cracking up. He thought it was great. But, you know, look, Kylan Boswell is a guy that, that Arizona really wanted, obviously coming out of high school, and he, he wouldn't have reclassified had he not had the injury. But, you know, I think people forget sometimes, like when they're looking at the 2023 recruiting class, it was supposed to include Kylan Boswell. And when you put Boswell in that recruiting class, all of a sudden it's even better, um, you know, than, than it will be eventually. But, 
He's, you know, it's a broken record, but he's still 17 years old. Nine points, six rebounds, six assists. The big thing to me is no turnovers in 20 minutes against a zone defense that he probably hasn't seen much of. Um, it may never see again the rest of the season. I'm, I'm not of the belief that there will be another team. Washington State will play some zone, but you won't see zone like Washington plays it probably for the rest of the year. But very in control. I think he took one bad shot. Um, you know, all his, his shot attempts were from three. Eventually, you kind of want to even out. It's kind of funny. Arizona's point guards were six of 15 from the field and six of 15 from three. So neither of them shot the ball um, from two. But, you know, his performance was even more important when you consider that Courtney Ramey was was just flat out awful. I mean, it just wasn't Bad his. Bad game. Yeah, it wasn't his night. And Tommy Lloyd complimented Ramey and how he. He interacted on the bench. You could see him clapping and said that, you know, Tommy said he's a big believer in karma and he wouldn't surprise, uh, he wouldn't be surprised to see Courtney Ramey go out on Saturday and, and kick some ass, his words, against Washington State. But Boswell, to me, I think the biggest thing is, is composure. You know, Arizona only turned the ball over 11 times. Four of those were, were in the second half. But um, for you to be a point guard against his zone and not make a bad pass and not turn the ball over, it is really impressive. He played the most minutes off the bench. And again, guys struggled like Cedric Henderson struggled. Henry Vasar struggled against the zone. I thought he would be better. He only got six minutes, had two fouls and two turnovers. Um, Adama Ball only played two minutes and turned the ball over almost right away. And and Boswell came in and was a calming presence. And for a kid his age, um, you know, his year, whatever, um, it is very, very impressive. And, you know, he's, he's a freshman. He's going to have ebbs and flows. He could very well play poorly on Saturday. That's kind of what you get with freshmen. But I think you got a glimpse of why Arizona recruited him so aggressively coming out of high school. And your boy, Paolo Larson, was another difference maker tonight. What did he do well? Yeah, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there was a discussion between, you know, should we start Pella, should we start Cedric? And I said the difference was Pella's really good defensively. And Tommy Lloyd mentioned it. He was asked if there's a defensive stopper. And he said, no, he feels comfortable in his team's entire defense. But Pella is probably the closest thing to that. He is a very good defensive player. And, you know, he you look at his numbers, and like, well, he was only three of nine from the field. But he was four of four from the line. He had five rebounds, five assists, and didn't turn the ball over. He actually probably should have had a couple more shot attempts. I thought he passed over a couple threes, and, and Tommy Lloyd said the same. But he came up with the big shots took a big charge, big rebounds. I mean, it just seemed like when Arizona needed a play, it was Pella coming up with that play. And and I thought that he's he's kind of built to have success against the zone, was aggressive, was beating his man off the dribble and attacking the middle of the zone, which is why he had the five assists. You know, Arizona finished with 21 assists on 24 buckets. That's insane. That insane. And so um, even against the zone, whatever it may be, I mean, that's a crazy number, but... Um, you know, they, they, he, he was very important in attacking the zone. And Arizona is just a considerably better team when Pella Larson is playing well. And that's why you see Tommy Lloyd show confidence in him every game. Even when Pella doesn't play well, Tommy go, nope, I believe in Pella. We're going to get that straightened out. And again, he's one of these guys. Consistency is probably his biggest issue. But when you get good Pella, he's a very good basketball player. Yeah, and he's kind of a spark plug too. Like he's. Maybe a very watered-down version of that leader that we've been talking about that Arizona's missing. Just by his play on the on the court, he does make a huge difference. And that really kind of seems to boost Kerr's 
confidence. Like, you can kind of see it. I think Pella's biggest issue is his confidence. Like, I'd like to see him be more aggressive. He's plenty capable, and Tommy has alluded to it a couple times. But Pella's good enough to be more aggressive offensively. He's just got to get there. And it was an issue before the season. Like, Tommy said, look, Pella, you got to step up. You are capable of doing it. And Tommy said, like, he basically has to work on convincing Pella. Like, you're good. You're good enough to do this, and you're good enough to take more shots. And ideally, Pella eventually gets there this season. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for The Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's going to turn on soon. All right. Well, do you get concerned with these types of performances? You know the answer. And I know it, what and the it, answer and, is. and it annoys you. Because it's not a pattern. It's It annoys Shelby because I don't get concerned by close wins. Did it, Were there any... People that we know having meltdowns on Twitter tonight? No, actually, Cody did pretty well. Oh, okay. I know oh, about so Cody, I was talking about Cody? Uh, Twitter didn't do very well. The The game thread is effing hilarious. Go to Wildcat Authority and read the game thread where people call loss with like 13 minutes left in the game and basically we're all dead. The season's over. I think one person started a thread saying Arizona's going to lose its first game of the tournament. I said to a 16 or 15 seed, and they said, yeah, don't care, man. Arizona is not playing well. So that's where we were at tonight. The alcohol was flowing. It's Thursday night. But I actually, look, am I concerned? Yeah. The, the one thing that concerns me, actually, is that Arizona got out-rebounded. When you play a zone defense like Washington, your rebounding numbers are bad. Um, Washington is a minus 2.5 rebounding team, and Arizona's like plus 8 or 10 or whatever it is. And Washington got more boards. And I thought that was the biggest concerning thing to me was that um, – Washington was better on the glass, which I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have a guessed. Um, but when you take a look at it, you know, the criticism this season has generally been that Arizona can't defend. Their de- defense isn't great. Blah, blah, blah. They're going to lose. And, and I realize that Washington is not amazing defensively. But Arizona at one point was in like the 70s in Ken Palm on defense. Now they're 55. That'll probably go up, you know, this weekend. But. Um, you know, you take a look and, and again, like they held the team to 25 points and a half. They won a game in which they shot 36%. It goes back to what I said. And Tommy kind of said it too. Defense, you want your defense to travel every game because your offense, you're not shooting 50%. Arizona's second in the nation and field goal percentage behind Gonzaga, right? Going into this game. I don't know what they are now. That's not, you're not shooting 52% every single game. Uh-uh. I mean, if you are, you're talking one of the best offenses of all time, right? It's not going to happen. You're going to have off-shooting nights. But tonight, on an off-shooting night, Arizona was still able to come out with a win. And it's a win. I get concerned by the losses. I don't get concerned by ways that teams find to win games. Arizona found a way to win a game, 
in which it shot 31% in the second half, 36% from the game. And the way it won the game was by defense. Okay, Washington had 17 turnovers. Arizona scored 20 points off those turnovers. And it, it still it, it didn't even get to the line that much. 17 points from the 17 free throw attempts, only 13 points from the line. But it found a way to win the game, and that to me is the biggest thing. Now, if Arizona goes and loses Saturday to Washington State, let's have a discussion. But right now, yeah, there's things that what Arizona needs to get better on. There's things that Arizona needs to fix. Look around the country, like Gonzaga almost lost. Everyone was all over UConn's D a week ago. UConn could very well lose three games in a row now. Yep. Houston is a very good team, but now Houston's beating up the SMUs of the world. UCLA was blowing out USC at Pauly tonight. Scored 16 points in the entire second half. Still won, but Mick Cronin was was ready to kill his guys. This is college sports, man. There's ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs, and if you don't like it, you should probably not watch college athletics because these are kids at the end of the day. And this is just the way that things are. And, you know, you look for patterns and college basketball is wide open. If you were to have a discussion about the number one team in the country, you would get Kansas. You would get Houston. You would get some saying Arizona, some saying UConn. Some people probably still saying Gonzaga. Like, this is just the way college basketball is. You always are going to be sitting on the edge of your seat, stressing out, down to the wire, especially this Arizona team. Yeah, Arizona will never, ever, ever, and I hope we never are like that. Oh, we're just the dominant team in the nation, and we're just going to win everything all the time. Because a, that's not realistic, and b, like you just never can rest on your laurels in college basketball. Well, like look at I'm just looking at Ken Palm, right? The number two team in Ken Palm is Tennessee. Where is going to beat Tennessee? UConn has lost two games in a row, right? And they play Creighton. Next, they could very well lose to Creighton on, on Saturday, right? Kansas, good team. Purdue, good team. Almost lost to Ohio State. Should have lost to Ohio State. UCLA's in there. We just talked about what they did. Alabama's number eight. Well, Alabama lost to Gonzaga, lost to UConn, right? We'll see what they do in their next two games when they have ranked teams. There is very much not a clear number one team. I think Houston's the best team in the country. Would it surprise me if Houston didn't win the title? No, because at the end of the day, who has Houston beat in this season? Alabama, they lost. So their best win, believe it or not, this season is Virginia. Which, you know, in Virginia is solid. But what is it about Virginia, Shelby? Just lost to Pitt. Lost to my like Miami. Okay, then you look at Miami. Who did Miami lose to? Georgia freaking Tech, who sucks. Although, shout out Josh Pastner. And Maryland, who sucks. So that's just college basketball this year. It's wide open. Buckle up. Buckle up, Shelby. Choo-choo. Doing it. Chick, chick. Click, click. What's that law and order sound? Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Um, I guess, are there any other shout-outs tonight? Yeah, so Tommy, after the game, said that Umar Balo, after the ASU game, went to the hospital with an illness and then didn't practice until Wednesday was his first practice of the week. And then he plays 34 minutes and <laughs> finishes with 15 points in seven rebounds against a defense that was basically contained, like, like created to stop him. And then Braxton Mia, who's Washington's big man, um, goes two for four. He's a 70% shooter, on the averages 10 points a game, has four points and nine boards. So, so pretty contained there, too. Yeah, Umar Balo outplays him. Um, you know, I, I thought he played well. I thought once Zoo 
calm down in the second half. Uh, he had two for five, but I thought he played well, had the two blocks, defended relatively well. Um, you know, I thought Kerr was fine, but really Umar is the the main shout-out or getter. Playing through that illness. Even when you get over a flu or something like that, like it, you don't just feel better. Like they Maybe they pumped him full of cortisol and electrolytes I don't know, but I'm but... starting a rumor that ASU poisoned him. So I will discuss this. It's that that devil syrup. Yes, I will discuss this. Next time I see Umar, I will ask him. All right. Well, we will be doing another podcast to preview. Yeah, about 20 minutes, I think. Right, we could just do it right now, uh, but I think we're going to go to bed. The dogs are sleepy. They're all, like, on top of me, ready to go to bed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Anyway, bear down. Bear down. We won, guys. Remember, we, Arizona... Won the game. Shelby likes saying we. I said we. Sorry, Brian. (laughs) So Shelby and I have to tell you what happened. Oh my gosh. So we went to the chiropractor earlier tonight before Jason was going to go to the game. And there was a woman that had like a bulging disc or something and she was getting it worked on. And First of all, I got to preface this. This place is usually quiet as a church. Like no noises. People are very calm. I don't, I mean, every every once in a while I make a noise. This woman was screaming. Like Basically, I, a I, porno. Yeah, it was either two things. And I told the front desk, like, you either got a murder or a porno in the back of there. Pick one. But this woman, I, the front desk people were dying. It was like, I can't even, It like, was screaming. socially awkward and also awesome. So if you're listening to this, shout out to the chiropractor orgasm woman. 